praise God. God is good. God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. Um, I had a couple of thoughts during, uh, during worship. You could probably turn this out of the monitor if need be. Um, back to this digging thing. Felt like when I sat down, I just got another little download. When we dig up the good from the past, the good has been growing because it's been watered and nurtured by God in the ground. Go and get it, says the Lord. So you hear what I'm saying? What was good in our past is better for today. So you can't redo that in the past. But you can grab and redig it, and it will be better today. If we go with the expectation that it will be what it was, then you actually harness the abilities of heaven to invade you into what it is today. So if we try to do what we feel was revival in the past, I will guarantee you it will harness heaven. Because it will not look today like it did yesterday. How many of you know when you look in the mirror today, you look different than you did 10 years ago? Some are looking better. Some are looking a little bigger, a little worse, a little whatever, but not worse. People get so messed up with age. I love age. Gray. Gray hair, wisdom, well, probably a lot of stress that created it, but that's besides the point. Okay. Never lose sight of, this is something that came during worship, never lose sight of Jesus because he never loses sight of you. Sometimes when we feel like we're losing sight of Jesus, we just got to stop and turn around because we're leaving him out. Because he's still looking at you and will never leave you or forsake you. So if you're not feeling him, where did you leave him? Well, he'll be very close to you. You're just looking in the wrong direction. Because he'll never leave you or forsake you. I mean, if someone was behind me all the time right now or somewhere around me and I don't see the person... Where are you? Where are you? It's because I've got my own mindset. I'm going forward in what I want to do instead of, oh, there you are, Jesus. The morning demands joy. Guess what? It is morning right now. It's still 11 a.m. It's morning. The morning actually demands joy. Psalms 30, second part of verse 5. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure. It's a possibility that you could actually weep for a time frame, a night, but guaranteed in the morning, it demands joy. And if we're not finding the joy in the morning, then we're living in the weeping. And the weeping and gnashing of teeth is not where we're called to live. These are just thoughts. I haven't preached yet, so let's me now. We sing how we love you. We sing how we love you. We sang it this morning. Oh, how we love you. Does he love us? How would he be singing to us? So the reality is, is for us to understand how much we love him, we have to grab the concept of how much he loves us. Because if we don't, we'll measure how much he loves us with our own understanding of how much we love him. But you can't go that direction. It goes the other way. We have to understand love. How do we understand love? We have to understand more of how he loves us, which is unconditional. So if we don't have joy, then maybe we don't know his love well. Weeping could go for an evening and a night, but joy comes in the morning. If we weep past a season, a time frame, then we live in the weeping. 
And that is not what we're called to do. Again, I'm not talking about you've lost a loved one. I'm talking about a life of depression, a life of, of, of bum things, a life of lack of favor, a life of no joy, a life of stress, a, a life of envy, a life of anger, a life of frustration, a life. If that's a lifestyle that any one of us begin to live in, any one of those things, I'll guaranteed we've stepped out of the understanding of the love of God. And without the love of God, we can't even understand joy that comes from his love. I also want to talk just briefly to Ed Salent. Woo, we have Becky Salent here, yeah. And Becky finished, she graded uh, three years at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Redding, California. Awesome. We're so happy to have her back. But her dad and mom are actually living down there. Her dad is actually in school, Ed. And um, he's going to be coming up here, I think, uh, in the next week or two. Okay, so he'll be here next Sunday. I've asked him to share a little bit. He's got some missions trips that are coming up, and I want to give opportunity. Anyone who wants to give in to one of the ministries that we're involved with, including our students in Bible school, uh, please, you can, give through, uh, you can give through Windward as a donation, okay? Uh, just mark on the envelope or, or cash if you have market and uh, who it's for, and we're going to give that straight to them, okay? Because he needs to raise some money. He's got a, a big trip in February, I think it is, in Orlando, Florida, which is part of uh, Lou Ingalls' group and whatnot, um, and the halls and stuff are going to be down there from Hawaii, and, and, uh, and then he's also got another missions trip. I think it was March, the end of March. He's going somewhere else, too. Okay. Mexico, Mexico City, that's right, to a large church there, Ponte Vida, I think it was. Um, it's going to be amazing. Amen? We love to support our students in Bible school. Amen? And we love to support our missionaries. Around the world, our churches around the world, everything that is given in here, we tithe out to the nations, every single thing. And then over and above, we go into the nations to preach the gospel. We're, we're now, I don't know, what do we, 40-something churches and ministries around the world. So praise God, amen. I was just down actually uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or yesterday in Yelm, Washington, to our church down there, and some great things have been shifting and changing and amazing, and they are 100% windward now. It's just amazing what God is doing with that, that leadership team and group. They're actually going to be planning to most of them be up here on the 30th, and some are going to hang out for the New Year's Eve service. We love New Year's Eve services. We've had them for years, and uh, again, it's just going to be Worship, we've got a young adult band, Jessica Borthwick, you know, uh, uh, everybody that's going to be young adults are going to be a part of it, it's going to be awesome, um, and uh, we're excited, it's going to be worship, it's going to be passionate, we're going to be on fire, uh, we're going to prophesy, we're going to declare, and we're going to have communion together. And bring in the new year, amen? How many know that that's going to be an amazing time, an amazing season? So if you have other plans, they're not good, come to this one, amen? So you won't have as much fun anywhere else. Just bring all your family here. I'm just kidding. 8, 8 p.m. to midnight. 8 p.m. to midnight. No, 8 p.m. to 12.01. I want to talk about the joy of the Lord. It's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about joy. I, uh, many years ago, I processed what is this joy of the Lord is our strength. It was while we were full-time missionaries down in Mexico, and I started to really, really go in and look in depth about joy. What does it mean to have joy? You know, sometimes I don't feel that joyful. What does it mean to have joy? And as I was studying and learning about the trueness of joy, we can have it all right here in our noggin, but if the noggin doesn't change the heart, then we just have knowledge with no wisdom. God started talking to me on a week, taking me on a weekly continuation and an explanation of what he wants me to learn and to teach is in regards to a lifestyle of joy. God wants us to, be, to teach not only by word, but by example. And you know what? As much as I travel internationally, as much as my, my physical body gets tired and exhausted with the time zones, how many of has ever traveled internationally enough to hear about the word jet lag? Yeah, jet lag. And jet lag means that your body is still on another time zone, yet you've got to get up and act like it's not. 
And uh, it takes, it takes something to get ourselves out of bed, even on a Sunday morning. It takes something uh, to, to build a marriage. It takes something to build a family. It takes something to, to even build our businesses. Can you imagine? Well, I'll guarantee you I know the answer because I was a CEO for years and had my own businesses and corporations uh, before I went into full-time ministry. And I guarantee you a success of a business will so radically depend on many factors, but one of the key factors is a happy work team. It's a happy work. We know it. The business world knows it. And so they all go to seminars and conferences to learn how to be joyful, how to be happy, how to have a positive attitude, they call it. Well, how do you have a positive attitude if you're not joyous? They're preaching the Bible. They just don't know it sometimes. And so this is a principle that is in every area of our life it's needed because it's based out of what God loves us first and what he carries for us. God wants us to teach it by example. He wants you and I to be a testimony that even when something radical happens, maybe something that's not good that happens, how quickly you recover from the morning and how quickly the next morning becomes joyful. Doesn't mean you don't miss a loved one when they pass. But if you can no longer function for year after year because a loved one passed, then we don't know his love, God's love for us well enough. I've lost both my parents. My mom passed uh, many years ago. I was young. Actually, Sharon and I were, were very newly married. And I lost my mom, and it took me a year to cry. It wasn't until I went to her gravesite, brought flowers, one year after her death. I was 25 years old when she passed. One year after her death. And the kids and Sharon sat in the car, and I went out, and I put the flowers down, and I just bawled. I just cried. But all of a sudden, I started to realize, hold it. If I live in the sorrow of the thing that happened, then I'm not even grabbing her lifestyle of inheritance, which if you knew my mom, she was the happiest lady. Like, it didn't matter what was going on around her. She just always had something positive to say and something joyous to say. It was amazing. I just love it. So we're to live in his presence. We're to worship him. We're to have a heart of a worshiper. We have to live in his presence. If we don't live in his presence, we won't understand hope, peace, and joy. As we worship God, not just in song, but we have to worship him in a style, a lifestyle. It has to be in our attitude. How many know when you're cruising down the freeway and another car feels it wants to get in front of you? And there's not a lot of space between you and the next person, especially when you're in the left lane and they're passing you in the right lane and you just gradually close that space, right? Now, come on. <laughs> Be honest. You gradually close it as you see them coming up in the right-hand lane and they still have the nerve to blinker as they're moving in. Of course, no one blinks headlights or horns or any other things happen in the car. Your, your voice is about praising God and blessing them. Your words that come out of your mouth are about the joy that's on my car that will bounce to that person in front of me. Right. But you see, these are lifestyles of worship. This is a hard attitude we've got to have. Of course I'm a justice seeker, and it drives me nuts when they break the law and cause possible serious injury because they closed my stopping distance. You know, when I grew up, it was a privilege to get your driver's license. It was actually a courtesy and a privilege to be able to drive on the road. And people were actually nice. It's like, oh, you go. No, you go. Oh, you go. And we'd all just sit there waving each other to go, and then we'd both start to go, and we'd both stop, you know? Like those four-way stop signs, right? Now the other people don't even stop. They just want to get in front of you. But it was a courtesy. I mean, we actually never drove in the left lane. 
We always drove in the right lane. It was illegal to pass and still is to pass in the right lane. Remember that. And you're not supposed to legally drive in the left lane when the right lane is clear. You're supposed to, you're supposed to lane change. But we have so many drivers now that actually expect it's their right to be on the road where we've lost the privilege. And sometimes that happens in our own lives when we lose joy because it now becomes about yourself, myself, and no one else's. And that is a true sign we don't have joy. It's like standing in the McDonald's lineup. And you've been waiting, especially internationally in a different country. And I'm just wanting a McDonald's because it's like, please give me some normal food. <laughs> Because some of these nations don't have normal food. I remember being in India. It was like a 20, back when we used to do long trips, I think it was 26-day trip of India. I love my Indian brothers and sisters, absolutely. But I tell you what, I to this day am not a fan of curry. It was curry for breakfast. It was curry for lunch. It was curry for supper for like 26 days. And I was just looking for a McDonald's, but the town we were in didn't even have a McDonald's. It affects me even to this day. Kevin, he just goes and eats curry. He just loves it. His butter fried chicken. Huh? Oh, butter chicken. See, I want some American Canadian fried in there, amen? Butter chicken. I was down to chicken fried rice. That was the only thing I could still eat, breakfast, lunch, and supper, because everything else was curry. Again, I'm not against curry. If you love curry, bless you. Just don't all invite me, because it's not going to be joyful. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> As we worship God, in a heart attitude. You see, joy is, a, is the greatest form of worship we can have to God. Listen to what I'm saying. Oh, no, no, it's singing up here as musicians. Oh, no, 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 If you sing up here as musicians without joy, then you're doing a gift without the ability of the understanding of what the gift is for. Joy is one of the greatest forms of worship we can have for God. And he will never leave you or forsake you. He has always given us the strength to overcome every obstacle in life. And he's looking, how do you overcome it? If you overcome it with joy, you have strength. As we live a lifestyle like this with an attitude shift and a change every moment of the day that we're aware of his presence. Uh, why? Because in his presence, you will find joy. In his presence, you will find favor. In his presence, you will find blessing. In his presence, you will find the covering that you need within your own heart and lifestyle. And when we find that, we begin to live from his favor, not for his favor. And so often, you know, well, I'm going to serve in the church because, because it's just what I have to do. If you serve without joy, that's called a commitment, and thank you, God, that you're doing that. But the reason we want you to serve is so you can actually serve with joy, because if you serve with joy, then you start to receive the blessing and the favors of God for your service. We need ushers. Uh, talk to David. About ushering. We need ushers. How hard is it to usher? I just, you know, this is how I usher. I'm like, can I have your offering? I put one in the basket and one in my pocket. One in the basket. One. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, no, we. <laughs> and you imagine if you're happy ushers. Imagine if you're a happy greeter. We love to have greeters. Who can put a smile? Let me just see. Someone smile for me, please. Put a smile on your face. <laughs> it's hard to laugh without a smile, isn't it, you know? But a smile on our face. And if you have bad teeth, don't worry about it. Smile anyways. If you've got cilantro, we'll pull it out for you. Don't worry about it. But that's what we have as greeters. Why? Because when you go to someone's house for dinner, and they open the door, and they look at you, and they go, what are you doing here? I, uh, you invited me. It all of a sudden changes the attitude and the perspective in an instant, doesn't it? We're a house of joy. We're a house of his word. How can we have his word without having joy? How can we not have hope 
the joyful expectation of good. That's what hope is. It's not a sad expectation of bad. Oh, I have hope that it's all going to go bad in my life. What? That's not hope. It's going to say, if you have that kind of hope, you need dope. But the dope is the Holy Spirit, okay? It's the Holy Spirit, nothing else. Like, when you have the right hope, it's dope, right? Come on. Is that a good, is that a fair enough expression? I'm, I'm remembering my North Carolina years living down there. It was fun in the South. A lot of dope down, no, I'm sorry, it was dope. Do we even use that expression anymore? It sounds so old. Do we? Every day. Every day, okay. <laughs> Not the dope, 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 like gets good. That's kind of like, man, you look sick. Now that's like a positive thing. They come up, Brent, you're sick, man, you're sick. I'm like, don't declare that over me. I'm actually feeling really good. Because when joy comes, then the things that seem like they're unattainable become reality. The things that we thought were too far to grasp become in our hands, in our hearts, in our families, in our marriages, in our lives. Joy allows us to enter into God's favor. You know what? I personally believe that you stand a high risk of never entering into the favor of God if we don't choose joy first. When we live a joyous lifestyle, his favor is looking to reside. It's a positive heart attitude. His favor is looking to dwell somewhere. It's like, you know, old religion. Oh, I'm a dirty, poor, wretched sinner. I can't even sing the song anymore like that. I'm not a dirty, poor, wretched sinner. That was my life before Jesus. But my life since Jesus is a son. I'm a saint. I am, I am an heir to the throne. Not the toilet. The throne. When we enter into the understanding of God's favor, then we can find true joy of his kingdom. We can find joy in many places, but is it true joy? Is the purchase of a new car, I mean, I feel that is probably pure true joy, at least that's what I tell my wife. But it's not. Because how many of you know, once you drive that thing around, or in the parking lot, someone parks close and doesn't care about their car, and they open their doors into yours, anybody... Ever experienced that emotional feeling? A good meal, oh, that brings me joy. It's the wrong joy. There is no joy of this earth that is actually eternal. It all passes away. Friendships even, are they the true joy? Well, I believe that if your friendship brings you that level of joy, then you actually have the expectation of joy in the wrong place called a person. And as soon as that friendship goes a little bit awry, how depressed and sad we are. Or, or maybe you, you find your, your, your joy and your happiness in a good preacher, and then that preacher ends up stumbling. And it's like we want to give up on God right away because of another fallen minister. You know what? The minister fell because he was preaching a level of joy, but it wasn't the joy of the Lord in his heart or her heart. Of course, friendships, they actually bring us happiness. But if we have to, but we first have to find the true joy of the Lord to actually build good friendships. It's how we have marriage. It's how I love my wife like I do for 30 years. And it grows and it grows and it grows. Why? Because the joy of the Lord 
is bursting in me, in my wife, uh, in that joy of the Lord when it comes together. It's going to say it. We have babies that grew. <laughs> but that joy of the Lord, it does bring a happiness. Marriage is on the attack right now. It has been for years. So why don't we stop going down the path of wrong marriages? Well, I guarantee you, every marriage that has gone through a divorce has lost joy somewhere. They lost joy of the Lord, and they lost joy with each other because you can't have each other joy between each other without the true joy of the Lord. That's how it works. The Webster Dictionary defines joy. It is to experience great pleasure or delight. But joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is an emotional state that comes upon you. Joy is something that has to be made as a decision in our life. When you have a little boo-boo, maybe a little fender bender. Anyone ever had a fender bender? And of course, you're happy no one got hurt majorly, but you're really depressed, especially if it was your fault that you actually screwed up. It's like, oh, you know what? Find joy of the Lord because it's going to help you walk through it. Joy is an attitude of the heart. It's not an emotional state. It's an attitude of the heart. And if our joy is from the Lord, then our happiness is from him. When our joy is in buying and purchasing things, food, drinking, coffee, too much coffee. Yeah, amen. Whatever it is that we have to find our joy in, you know, how much better would it be to actually have the revelation of the Lord that Starbucks is just better coffee than Tim Hortons? I mean, how much, sorry, how much joy would it be that your Ford truck is better than the... No, I'm just kidding. How much joy is it in our heart when we actually experience something that we really enjoy because of the joy that is focused from God first? Coffee's coffee. Have a coffee. Absolutely. Food is food. Have food. Absolutely. You die if you don't. But let's not find the happiness in the things of this earth because if we do... Even God knows, since he created your bodies, that it's not healthy for your body to find joy in just the things of this earth. When we seek God's presence, we worship him. We begin a new life in him. We do not live to touch his presence. You're not coming here to touch his presence. Uh, I pray that we live from his presence. Uh, that when we come in the door, we're bringing his presence in here to the family. If you're having a sad day, come in, but we're all bringing his presence with us. We're not to live for God's favor. We're to live from his favor. And how do we do that if we don't have the joy of the Lord in our strength? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, it says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. If we live in this, his presence, we, we, we live a life in his favor and his blessings will come upon us and overtake us uh, if we're willing to believe uh, that we can live in this presence of joy. The blessings, you know, I love the word overtake you in that verse in, in Deuteronomy because it doesn't mean it catches up to you. It means it catches up, covers you, and passes you so everything you do is in his blessing. That's a beautiful thing. I'll run after that even though I'm a little out of shape, I'll huff and puff, but I'm going after it. These blessings don't stop. They continually flow from his kingdom through us to the people around us. You see, if you think and we think, I think that this is just about my life, it's actually true but completely not. It's true because God sees you, sees me as an individual person of his love that he created for destiny and purpose. And the closer we come into that understanding as sons and daughters of the king, the closer we come into that, it will change your life. It'll change my life. But it's not to end there. It's to change the lives of the people around us. Because if we end just with our own life, then we have a selfish gospel. People say, why do you travel so much? Because I don't want a selfish gospel. 
I don't want to do church just for me to make me happy. Otherwise, we'll join a glory club. It's easier. Yeah, but you know, Brent, you travel 150,000 miles a year. You must love flying. Actually, I can't stand flying. But I'm glad that they created airplanes where it'd all be on horseback, and that'd be really hard. <laughs> I'd be swimming the Atlantic uh, and the Pacific. Now I get to fly over it. No, I don't like airplanes. I don't even like travel. Now my, now my vacation, I want to come home and just hang out and do nothing. I live in my RV anyway, so what do I have to travel with? Am I home? <laughs> you see, we don't have to love everything that we do in life. You don't even have to love your job. But if you have joy of the Lord, you'll be the best at your job. I was going to say, we don't even have to love our wife, but that doesn't sound good. But no, <laughs> we do have to. <laughs> but you won't know how without the joy of the Lord. When we live in God's blessings, what is needed by others will then receive it as well. This is not necessarily about money. This is about his presence, what silver and gold cannot buy. In his presence is his kingdom and all the wealth of the kingdom. And then we will begin to understand the true joy of the Lord. Then joy becomes our strength. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Let's turn there. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweat, sweet. <laughs> Let's try this again. Eat the fat. Oh, you don't, none of us eat the fat anymore, do we? What it means is the overabundance. It's the, the fat is the richest oil of an animal. Like it's the whale, the blubber, the fat. Ask an Eskimo. They love it. Eat the fat, what it means, it means the richest part of abundance. Drink the sweet, it's the honey of the promised land. And send portions to those from whom nothing is prepared. And send portions. You're to eat, you're to drink, and you're to send portions through your power of testimony to the people that are looking and starving to death and are going to die in hell. Actually, it won't die in hell, live eternity in hell, but die on this earth. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That his joy may remain in us. Let's not sorrow. Sorrow for a, more, a moment, but don't live in the sorrow. John chapter 15, verse 9. John chapter 15, starting in verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Listen. As the Father has loved me, Jesus Christ is speaking here that the Father loved Jesus, and as Father loves his Son, how much do you think that is? Like, wow. Jesus, the Son, also loves you. Father loves the Son, and the Son loves you the same way his Father Loved him. Abide in my love. How do we do that? Well, verse 10 is a beautiful explanation. That's what I love about the word. It explains itself. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Oh, no, the commandments are old covenant. Oh, no, the commandments of old covenant were written because the people weren't following the commandments before the old covenant was even made. What do you mean by that? The, old, the, the Ten Commandments and the commandments of Old Covenant, uh, as far as the Ten Commandments go, were all already in heaven on earth. They just weren't being followed. Adam and Eve had commandments. One. Well, a couple. Some were good and one was don't do this. And they didn't follow the one. One of their commandments was also be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. You see, we have many commandments one of the commandments for you is to be light shining under the world through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One of the commandments is go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out the devils. One of the commandments, these are commandments 
The commandments are the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a commandment. It's not saying maybe it'll happen. It's actually a commandment of heaven that in joy you will have strength. These are commandments. So I'm not just talking the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about every commandment of Scripture. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Uh, word abide, you will live, you will dwell. You will be in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will dwell in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments. He's telling us an answer. He's telling us a secret. How did Jesus walk this earth? In a sinless lifestyle. Right here. Right here. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. The candle next Sunday is the candle of love. You see, if we abide in his love, we can keep his commandments. If we don't abide in his love, then you have to convince yourself to keep his commandments. But it's totally different than when we abide in his love, you automatically want to keep his commandments. I used to tell myself, don't sin. Don't sin, Brent. You can't sin. Don't sin. I tried to convince myself not to sin. And then when I sinned, I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. I felt so bad. And I kept trying to convince myself of a sin. Don't sin. Don't sin, Brent. You know? And then all of a sudden, I sin again. Oh, God, I feel so bad. And then all of a sudden, I realized that with a transformed lifestyle, a transformed mind, a transformed heart, a transformed understanding that our mind becomes more like Christ and not the things of this earth, all of a sudden sin no longer has a hold of me. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you. Why? Why have I spoken these things the Lord Jesus, why have you spoken these things? As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. I love you like a father. Abide in my love. Live in my love. Uh, uh, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I did. Look at my testimony and example and how I lived as a human man on this earth. How I lived as a human man on this earth was I followed and abided in my Father's love. And now you get to abide in my love, says Jesus. And in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you. Why? That my joy may remain in you. What he's declaring is that he is joy. He has joy. He, he, Jesus Christ is a joyous Jesus. How many of you know that? Like, oh, oh no. He must walk around heaven with the scars. Oh, I suffered so much. It hurt so much, that cross. The nails that pierced my hands and my feet, the spear in my side, the mocking, how man didn't appreciate me. I feel like I'm still carrying the cross on my back. That's not how Jesus is in heaven right now. If you read Revelation, his hair is like white as snow. His eyes are like fire. This, this, this is not how Jesus was is how he is today. It is not he was, so he becomes how he is today. Just like you and I, you're not, oh, poor me. You're not even to carry a cross. Well, hold it, I thought my Bible says I need to carry my... No, no, lay your burden at the cross, but don't pull it out of the ground and start carrying it. Because Jesus died so you and I could live. And he lives today in a righteous, joyous, King of kings, Lord of lords. The most powerful general in any army. There's not one army on this earth that has the power. Nuclear. Be like a little. In the eyes of God. Oh, yeah, but look what our prime minister is doing. In the eyes of God, the Bible tells me that he's appointed the men and women of leadership. Many of us think he missed it, maybe, with some of our prime ministers. <laughs> 
No, that prime minister is supposed to be there for right now. We're hoping not for long, but I'm sorry. Did I say that? Oh, please. I didn't mean that. He needs to be in that position as long as God has him in that position. And I believe he's giving every opportunity for our prime minister to see the light and hear the way to change this country into the godly, Bible-believing country it was founded with. And that's what we pray, that he has an encounter in the midnight hour. I mean, middle of the day would be fine too, but just an encounter. But you see what we just read in John 15, 9 to 11. Take a look at, you know, we're talking about the love, the abidement, the, how this brings joy. Take a look at Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 2. Let's turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting in verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, because it's saying the same thing. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and catch you? No. Overtake you. Because you obey the voice of your Lord God. John 16, verse 22. John chapter 16, verse 22. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your love, your joy, no one will take from you. Again, it's referring that sorrow is a time frame. But joy will always overcome sorrow if we follow his way. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. Let's look at that. Psalms 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. <laughs> Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Ha! <laughs> Angers, but for a moment. Oh, he's not an angry God. Oh, no, no, he has all his attributes. Don't make him angry. I believe his anger is what helps us create a fear of the Lord. Not that he wants to kill you, he's looking to kill you. That's old covenant theology. And I just don't think he ever wanted to kill his people, even in old covenant theology. He always had a way out for them. It wasn't until they couldn't even find 10 people in a city. And even then, he loved his people that he did find so much that he said, whatever you do, leave the city and don't turn and look back. And even then, there was disobedience. You see, we can't be attracted by the problems of this earth all the time. We have to be attracted by the successes, the victories, the glory, the favor, and the presence of God's kingdom in our lives. We can get so wrapped up in a political environment. You know what? We need to be raising up prime ministers in our churches. We need to be raising up MPs. I'm so proud of Langley's MP standing up in the House of Commons and literally reading, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. I, praise God. Because that same house is what created our biblical foundations. That's Langley, B.C. Guess where Windward is? It's main center. Aldergrove, Langley, B.C. We're in, that's our, that's our MP, sing, literally speaking the words of God in the House of Commons. I, had, I don't post a lot of political stuff, but if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see I posted that one. That's just amazing. We need to have that. We need to have a political environment. Not be drawn down by the bad policies of nations, but to be drawn in to the political policies of the kingdom of heaven. Because in that kingdom of heaven at hand, it's touchable right now. John the Baptist declared the kingdom of heaven is touchable. It's at hand. That's what at hand means. It means it's touchable. Jesus Christ later declared the kingdom of heaven 
is at hand. It's touchable. It's so close to us right now. All you, you can reach out and touch it right now. That's a political environment that we need to be living in every day of our life. And what we're going to raise up, we're going to raise up MPs. We're going to raise up mayors. We're going to raise up school board trustees. We're going to raise up prime ministers of Canada. We're going to raise up uh, people that are going to be changing things from the inside of the government out. And Canada will be known for the greatness that it is. And we will stand with Israel. We're going to go to battle for her because this is what we're called into doing. God has called us for these purposes and destinies. Oh, it's the Christmas season. I understand that. So why don't we celebrate the fullness of what the birth gave us? The birth of Jesus Christ. He gave us this heart, this passion. He gave us the environment of his Father's kingdom. His kingdom on earth right now. Right now, let's all stand. When we learn from this kind of joy, the natural, the natural response from this kind of joy it's wisdom. It's wisdom. Jesus is called the man of wisdom, but he lived in the joy from his Father on this earth. Wisdom is taking knowledge, things that you know, and making wise decisions on a regular basis. How do you know if you're not wise if you're always making dumb decisions? And then you make the same dumb decision, the same, come on guys, let's wake up and smell the roses. We're to be making wise decisions. We're to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. We're to take his kingdom come, his will be done, and run it. Did I just feel like light just came on? Or was it just the Holy Spirit? Maybe there's light up here. Oh, yeah, it's the lighting, whatever. No, 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 let's just hang on. Let's just, let's just believe for a moment that everyone in this house right now was destined to be here for a purpose, for a reason. Well, what could the reason be? Well, the reason is to be grumpy, complaining, and negative. No, that's not the reason. It's opposite. The reason is to to learn that Father's love to such a level that we can't contain the joy. It just bubbles out. Bubble, 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 bubble. Bubble, 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 bubble. Everyone say bubble, 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 bubble. Look at someone to your left and say bubble, 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 bubble. Look to your right and say, say splish, splash, I'm taking a bath. No, no, bubble, 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 bubble. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Look again. Say bubble, 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 bubble. You're going to think I'm weird. I am. Don't worry about it. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Happiness is an emotion that comes out of the trueness of joy. I ask, Lord God, that in this hectic, busy season for any husband who has not bought their presents yet, especially for their wife, will get out and get them quick. Don't procrastinate, men. I bet the best present you could give to your wife is a joyful heart. Wives, the best present you could give is to actually be a joyful wife to your husband. If you're single, be joyful to your friends. Give joy out. Because it changes the environment around us. Give it out.
let your sorrow be more than a night. Let your joy rise this morning. It's still morning by 10 minutes. We still have time for the joy to rise this morning. That's what we have. Maybe you're, you're here this morning and you just haven't felt that joy. You just You know that you've been living a lifestyle of frustration or depression or hurt or pain because of someone else's actions or your own actions with someone else's actions, whatever it is. You know what? God doesn't want you to live in that pain. He doesn't. He wants you to live in his joy. And that can't be affected by your emotional state can only be affected by the decision of your heart to have his joy. I just want to feel like declaring that there's people here that the actions of a loved one or a past friend or husband or wife, whatever, or a son or a daughter, whatever, is literally affecting and tainting your joy. Let me tell you something. You want to help the situation of the past or you've given up on it. Let me tell you, the answer is the joy of the Lord. It is the answer. I guarantee you, when you start walking in a greater level of that joy, that hurt will start to disappear and the people around you will have to make a choice because they're going to see the power of Jesus in you. And they're going to have to make a choice But it can't be just for one day and then you go back to your grumpy life. It has to be for life. It's a commitment. It's a covenant. I'm I'm speaking this prophetically, people. I'm speaking it right to that camera prophetically. You have to choose the joy. You watch the favor, says the Lord. You watch my blessing, says the Lord. As you choose my joy, says the Lord. You watch. You put me to the test, says the Lord. I used to carry such bitterness of people. And now I can't. Oh, they frustrate the daylights out of me. Absolutely. These people. They're just so human. People. Talking about myself, right? But I have to love my enemy. I'll go give him a hug in a shopping center, whatever. If I see him, I make a beeline for him. People that are with me are like, whoa, there's so-and-so. Let's go this other direction. And I'm like, no. That's the window of opportunity to show the love of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're so hungry, Father. Not for curry. We're hungry for you, Father. We're hungry for your presence. We're hungry for your way because your way is the highway. It's the only way, the truth and the life. If you're here this morning and you haven't found Jesus as your Lord and Savior or you did a while ago and you just haven't been living that life, you don't even know what it means to have Jesus in your life, I just want to ask you a question here today. If that's you, if you just feel like, you know what, I, I just, I don't even know fully 100% what does it mean to have Jesus Christ in my life, you don't have to understand it. You just have to be willing to choose it. It takes faith. Or maybe you've been feeling in your life, you haven't been feeling that Jesus much in your life. If that's you, just put your hand up real quick and wave at me. I just want to see it real quick. It's between you and God, nobody else. I just want to give opportunity opportunity. I see that hand. That's honesty, right? I see that hand. This is honesty right now. It's maybe for salvation in your own life. 
Maybe it's you just haven't been feeling that, that you haven't been feeling Jesus a lot in your life. I see those hands. I see them. And the most important thing is God sees them. Because remember, Jesus never leaves us, forsakes us. Now I want to ask you another question. How many of you here? First of all, let's pray for these ones. Father, I pray, Lord God, if somebody here or somebody watching right now does not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, doesn't even know what that means, I ask you, Lord God, that they will welcome you into their heart right now, that they will confess with their mouth that you are Lord. As John 3.16 is so clear, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, all you have to do is believe in him. You will be saved. You will be saved. I ask you, if you make that commitment today, whether you're watching on TV or you're in this house today, I ask you to connect with us. Email us, whatever, however you want to connect with us. Touch base with us here after the service. We want to pray with you. We want to, we want to be able to share with you. We want to get to know you more. We want to invite you into the family of God and welcome you into his house. But maybe you do know Jesus and you raise your hand this morning because you haven't been feeling the joy. I believe some of you have just been confused. You've been waiting so long for something to happen and it hasn't been happening and it started to confuse you. And I want to tell you, God is never the God of confusion. The devil, oh, he's confused. Matter of fact, he's a mental like we used to say retard. Is that a correct thing to say anymore? But that's not, is it? People are shaking. I mean, don't say retard. Well, that's who the devil is anyways. I'm not politically correct with the devil. He's a loser. He lost the battle. He's lost the war. He's already lost it in your own life if you don't give him any victory. But maybe that enemy has You've opened a door some way and it's crept in or the attacks have been hammering at you and you've been feeling weak and you need to feel stronger. Uh, you don't feel like you have that love, that joy, that peace, that hope. You don't feel like you have the fullness of what that is in your life. And actually, that's probably every one of us because we're constantly learning it. But I pray right now, if that's you, I pray, Lord God, wow, it's like I see a shadowing of his presence over each of us right now, a shadowing of his presence over this house. And I even see it in the spirit over many churches in this valley, the shadowing of his presence. And I ask, Lord God, whatever door we might have opened, that we slam it shut in Jesus' name. Devil, you have no rights in our lives. You have no right, devil, in our family. You have no right, devil. And I refuse to give you any open doors in our life. In Jesus' name, that gives me the strength. In Jesus' name, that gives me the power. In Jesus' name, that gives us the authority. In Jesus' name, <laughs> we have the victory. For all of us in this house, I ask you, make a decision today. Make a decision. The light turned on bright. I know someone probably switched to switch, but it turned on because I believe it was to focus what God's going to do in the front of this pulpit here today. And I want to encourage you. You want to increase in hope? You want to increase in peace? You want to increase in joy? I'm going to invite you up front right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. We're going to pray a quick prayer. I want to invite you right now. I'm coming to the front too. I'm not manipulating you. This is your choice. But I feel like out of that crazy light that started, there's a reason for it, and I'm going to follow it. And you can say, oh, it wasn't prophetic. It was just whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. Tell you what, there's a lot of things in life that aren't coincidental, let me tell you. Because I stand in the front right now because, you know what, I want more hope. I need more joyful expectation of the future, even though I'm really joyful about the future. I actually really am, but I'm, I'm hungry for more. I want more joy. I actually have peace in my life. Even when things don't work out so well, I'm, I'm just happy that I can jump back into the peace. I have joy in my life. I am the happiest man on the earth. I have the most beautiful and amazing wife ever. I have amazing children. I got four kids now. 
My daughter married and brought a son in for me. It's an amazing thing. He's an American, so we're praying for him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we love Chris. He's awesome. Chris is awesome. I tell you, I got all my family at home right now. I, I'm joyful. I'm happy. And you know what? I'm on holidays like the next week and a half. Well, I still preach each week, but I'm still on holidays. I'm like, whoa, what could be better? More is what could be better. What's more? You're not up here because you have a bunch load of problems. If you do have a bunch load of problems, let them go. They don't need to be your lifestyle. We're up here because we're hungry for more. I just, I'm just like, I have an insatiable appetite for more. I just, I'm like going to a buffet line of his presence right now. Matter of fact, I'm hungry. I feel like we need a buffet. It's like, I just, I just won't live satisfied with what I had. Some of you are digging in your field. Your fields of the past, you're digging. I can see it right now in the spirit. And you're looking for the green grass because that good that was buried in the field some time ago is there and it has grown and has become fruitful and it's ready to multiply now. It's ready to multiply now. So dig up the good things of your past and bring them into today for the multiplication. So Lord, we stand here humbly in your presence. Any depression, go now. In Jesus' name, you do not belong in this place. Sicknesses, go. In Jesus' name, you do not belong in these bodies. Tumors, cancers, go. The flu, get out. In Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. Because every one of us are called into the lifestyle of victory. And that we have won the war through Jesus Christ. It's interesting. I see a vision of all these demonic enemies lined up on the street. They just can't get onto the property now. <laughs> it's like there's this wall of the angelic just standing around us. Jesus Christ is in the middle of us, slaying his hands on each one of us, and he's pulling burdens off your back, and it's like he tosses them and they go flying back 2,000 years ago to Calvary, and they hit that at the bottom of the cross, and his blood is still there washing over every burden that we carry. I thank you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God. We're here to rejoice and celebrate of your goodness, of your blessings, of your favor in our lives. That every one of us here has breath. Every one of us here has breath for a reason. Because God, you gave us breath. The breath of your Holy Spirit flowing through us. And I thank you for the celebration season of Christ Jesus' birth the Lord, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. All around the world, there's celebrations of this time. And I thank you for it, Father. Because that's the reason for the season, is the birth of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that every one of us has hope renewed in our life right now which automatically brings peace, that hope, the joyful expectation of good that brings us peace into the situations of our lives and has allowed us to now have focus of joy. Joy evermore. Because, Father, it's all bathed and bathed in your love. Let's say this together. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed, let's say it together. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> Forgive us who? Forgive us our trespasses. 
as we what? Forgive those who have trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from a little bit of evil. No, all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Let's say it again. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. For how long? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Which means, which means, let it be so. You guys are amazing. We're going to have a prayer team up here. Remember, walk out of this house changed. If you don't, then you've come to a banqueting table, but you didn't eat the food. Eat the food. Walk out in his, remember, fat, in his sweet presence. Bless you all. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen.